Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week I pulled together four more experts from the IT community to discuss business IT challenges. In fact, there's so much good stuff from the team, we've even split it into two episodes with the next part coming next week. So settle back and enjoy the IT Avengers assembling yet again. Hi and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. Um, so in part two of, uh, of getting a take on the current state of business IT and some of the challenges that are getting seen across the industry, uh, I'm joined by another distinguished panel of, um, of IT experts from the tech community. Uh, we're going to go through again the, the, an idea of some of the key challenges that they're seeing, what their customers are doing to solve them, uh, and also to get a take on where they uh, where they think those, um, those next challenges are going to be. So uh, right now I'm joined by three guests and we are expecting a, a fourth one to drop on as as we go so um well rather than me waffling on why don't uh, i get the guys to introduce themselves so um so fire away guys why don't you introduce yourselves tell people who you are and a little bit about what it is you do hi guys uh my name is ed morgan i'm a sales engineer for rubric covering western emir uh nominally that is uk ireland uh horn of africa and israel but effectively, it just means I stay in London and never go outside the M25, which is exactly what I want. Hi, I'm Jason Benedicic. I'm principal consultant for ANS Group in Manchester, and uh, I cover all things data center, next generation data center, and cloud. Evening, guys. Uh, Mick Keogh is my name, working for Logic Alice in Dublin, in Ireland, uh, chief technologist here. Uh, my focus on life, my day-to-day -day tasks are all about data, data sovereignty, that sort of thing, focusing on, on products like NetApp for many years, that, that, that sort of stuff. Okay, well, that's great. Thanks, uh, thanks for that introduction and uh, some some fascinating roles. Uh, I, I particularly like the fact, Ed, that you cover uh, half of the globe but never leave the M25. So, um, so that's uh, that's nice. The power of WebEx and Skype for business, my friend. Uh, indeed, yes. And so, so here we are, Skyping for business. So Ed has still not left the M25. Um, so well, let's uh, let, let's get into this. Um, we've got our uh, our fourth guest about to drop on as well. So I'll introduce him as he, as he arrives. Um, so let's start with that kind of first question uh, to to you, Ed. So I mean, what's the um, what's the thing that you're seeing at the moment with the business customers you're talking to? You know, what's their main concern, main challenge, main main thing they're trying to fix? So obviously, due to the nature of the fact I work for a vendor, um, I am kind of focused on a subset of those problems. But I think the kind of old old problems still still remain true as they have for the past couple of years. Um, trying to control uh, their data, work out where it is, um, kind of copy data management issues so that, you know, making sure they haven't got loads of sprawl, uh, minimising costs uh, by doing that. And also... Um, as you guys well know, most C-level people are having a cloud-first strategy, but most of them don't actually know what that means. So there's a there's a, a large portion of kind of education uh, around how lift and shift might not necessarily be the best path to cloud and how to re-architect uh, their their wider um, infrastructures to to leverage both the the public cloud and the kind of economies of scale and the 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 um, the processes that, that you can get from cloud on-premises as well. 
Yeah, it's, it's actually interesting you say that, Ed, because uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about um, uh, uh, last week where I, I chatted with uh, with three other uh, three other IT luminaries, um, and one of the things that came up was actually this challenge around cloud and how. Um, people don't necessarily, although they have a cloud first strategy, they don't necessarily yeah. quite understand what that means. So, and that's that's obviously something you're seeing on a, you know, you know on a regular basis. Then, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a, a lot a lot of people think the cloud's a place. I mean, I I don't think the cloud's a place. I think it's a consumption model, and a process, right? So, you know, it's more about self service. Uh, application portability, elasticity, and you know, chargeback, and all those sorts of good things. Um, so, you know, I worked in the channel for a long time with Jason, in fact, and, and a large part of what I did then and what he he does now is is doing kind of private clouds and and taking those processes and consumption models, but being able and being able to implement those on on premises as well. And I think that's a real problem for people. They just think, oh, we need to go to a pay, pay as you go model. We need to deliver self-service to our users, you know, and make the business more agile. And I think the only way they can do that is via public cloud, and it's obviously not. Yeah, that, that, I mean, again, that's an interesting point. And uh, maybe Mick, actually, just to pick up with you, um, because you mentioned actually as part of your day-to-day -day role that you uh, do a lot of work around data governance, uh, you know, data control, compliance, etc. Um, I mean, are you seeing a similar kind of thing? So if you're you're talking to businesses around that kind of compliance model, I mean, are you still seeing the same kind of cloud-first model? And if you are, are you seeing some of the same kind of challenges that Ed sees? Absolutely. I mean, I was actually presenting to our own internal salespeople most of the morning today. And one of the convert, one of the things they keep saying to me is, how are we going to engage customers we haven't spoken to before? And, and it is absolutely about that. They have a cloud-first strategy. And I wondered before I came on this call what the other guys were going to talk about, because for me, it is about hybrid cloud. It is about, you know, solutions and technology that allow you to 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 use the power of computing in the cloud, but maybe keep storage and data somewhere more secure and safe. Um, yeah, so, so absolutely, that's that's what we're doing day to day. And that's how we're getting very good conversations with customers is coming from it, coming from that angle of, of data governance, uh, privacy. Obviously, GDPR, most people don't even understand what, 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 what that is at this point in time still, um, but, but they want to go to the cloud and then they're concerned which way to, to turn. And, and, and like Ed says, they, they don't understand it. They don't get it. Um, so we're, we're, we're certainly, there was a time where I always went and talked to customers about applications and we talk about applications from a, from a backup point of view, from a performance point of view, going in, having hardware conversations was, uh, was, 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 was never a good thing to do. Um, so this is just a new way of doing it, but, but, um, it's interesting, and, and I do present a slide deck that starts kind of cloud back to on-premise and everything in between. And we have, you know, customers right now today, two that I'm working on this week, that are pulling their data out of the cloud but keeping their compute there, where they were 100% in AWS, for example, to begin with. You know, so it, it is it is different. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, again, I think that, that idea of um, separating out the idea of what you're doing with your data and what you do with your applications, um, I mean, is that something that you're seeing more people start to appreciate or, you know, more people start? Because I think initially as we started to make this kind of shift to cloud, everybody assumed that everything must go applications, infrastructure, data. Are you starting to see more of this? I mean, you mentioned hybrid model before, but are you starting to see more of this um, idea that actually I can use cloud where it's appropriate? Maybe that's the compute scale, um, but maybe it's more appropriate to keep my data within my own data center. Yeah, so, so we've been positioning 
cloud ourselves as a business here and we've built our own cloud you know we have some of it in the uk and we've some of it here in ireland and and we were expecting customers to come running and, and take everything into our cloud and they simply didn't do that and, and i think that, that's quite common um, and even the small customers which you'd say makes sense put a managed service around it drop the whole thing in the cloud that they're still not comfortable with it um what, what what i am seeing now is customers coming to me and saying actually we want to the hybrid model makes sense. I have one who's been, you know, a typical production and DR site for many, many years with us on, on NetApp technology, for example. And he said, I want to do it to the cloud. How simple can you make it? And I went, well, we can. We can put NetApp on tap directly in AWS or Azure, and you can continue doing what you've always done, but now you're doing it, you know, in, in, in a hybrid cloud model. Uh, and, and that's that's a good conversation to be able to have with people. Yeah, so. So, um, I mean, Jason, what, what about yourself? I mean, Ed kind of Ed kind of dumped you in it and said that was uh, very much the role that you've you've got now because uh, he's worked with you before. Um, but I mean, are you seeing a similar? You know, is your experience similar? Are you seeing a similar kind of um, view for customers who are maybe trying to embrace this cloud first strategy, but maybe don't quite understand why they're doing it? Yeah, I think I echo a lot of what Ed and Mick have got to say, and and what we're seeing is that especially with um, the new regional data centers for AWS and, and Azure, and also the government's cloud-first strategy in the UK. Um, what we're seeing is more and more people want to embrace it, but what they don't know, and then they don't understand their environments enough, they don't understand their applications enough, they don't understand their data, how they consume it, where it would best fit. So for us, our biggest challenges at the moment are helping customers with those assessments and, and understanding their environments, providing services around what can go to the cloud, what can you know, be changed as an application to be cloud native, what must remain on premises, and then where the data best fits. Like, like some of the others have said here, that you know, a cloud-first strategy is not always about putting everything in the cloud. Um, it's, it's about making sure that you can make the best resources and best use of those resources throughout a full hybrid model. And, and are you still seeing a challenge where, because um, I think that idea of actually things that can and can't move to the cloud is, is again, an interesting one. I mean, are you still seeing an idea where people are trying to kind of lift and shift a, an entire on-premises data center and say, well, wouldn't that be great if I just run that in AWS? Um, or are they starting to appreciate now increasingly that actually there is a place where some things should move and some things don't? I think initial conversations, yeah, they very much go like that. They, you know, we can start off customer conversations where they say, I want to pick my data center up and put it into Azure or into yeah. AWS. Um, those conversations happen. And I think what, what us as an industry need to embrace is the fact that customers have that idea that that's a logical, economical option. When in reality, it isn't. You'll probably end up paying you know, an order of magnitude more for dumping your stuff as is into, into the cloud than you would have done running it on premises for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So... That model needs to change. The assessments, the you know, looking at the data, how they consume it, taking old legacy SQL applications and putting them into the newer models of NoSQL and other you know stateless technologies. That's really where the industry needs to move to help the end users understand that this journey isn't a one-step drop it and go. Yeah, so I 100% agree with that. So I went to see a customer. I mean, uh, probably two weeks ago, right? They've already migrated 90% of their stuff to Azure um, and they have re-architected nothing. They've literally picked it all up. They've got 100 terabytes of data running in Azure. I mean, and a, and a bunch of IaaS VMs running on top of that, right? And they've done no re-architecture. They're just like, we had to go onto a OPEX model. 
Uh, anything from this point forwards, we are, you know, looking at cloud native, we're looking at containers, we're looking at, you know, stateless, you know, like as Jason said, databases, more modern kind of technology, and we, even things like RDS within AWS. Um, but they, they didn't think they needed any consultancy to do it. Um, they just went, okay, we're just going to migrate all of this stuff. And again, as Jay said, that is going to cost them an absolute arm and a leg running all that stuff up there. But they don't care because they're C-level, C-level guys when we need to move on to an OPEX model. Let's do it. And I was going to sit there going, you guys are crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever, man. But there's the... You know, there's a massive place nowadays for services just just around an education piece and consultative roles. You know, going stop what you're doing, take a step back, and let's look at this sensibly, right? Uh, and would you say that's kind of the um, you know the best advice that you can give a customer right now? Is that is that the thing that you know are you seeing them being able to take that step back, understand that this kind of migration, this kind of strategy might be more complex than they first thought and that they, they can take a step back and say, yeah, actually, I need to understand better what we should move, what we shouldn't, what the commercial model looks like. You, you know, is that is that the, the advice that you're giving them and, and are they listening, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, like I said, I work for a vendor now and I don't necessarily do so much consultative stuff around the wider piece, but I still have these conversations with people and often they have drivers, though, where it's like we need to be out of our, day, our you know, our our contract for our DC is coming up for renewal in six months. We need to be out. So they don't necessarily have time, you know, and, and then once it's in there, they don't re-architect it until they realize they've got a bill of £100,000 a month or whatever, right? So I, I think often they get trapped having dumped it in quickly and then kind of trapped in a bit of a wormhole, which is why, again, the, the nice data mobility play is a great story around data fabric and what we're doing and other vendors are doing as well right so the control of that data once you've migrated it becomes even more important yeah and, and i think that's you know again i, I think that's something that it, in, a, in our business you know we see as well that you know managing that data and, and managing the ability to move it to the places you need it to be is is, is absolutely key um, yeah, it's, well, it's, the, it's the new goal right or the new oil yeah, or whatever. yes it is it's the new uh, precious precious thing of your choice um yeah. Well, before we go on to the next bit, um, we, we've been joined by a, a fourth guest. So we've got a, a very full Skype meeting room now. Um, so we've been joined by uh, Rory McBride. Hi, Rory. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Um, so why don't you uh, just jump in quickly, introduce yourself, tell people uh, who you are and what it is you do. Hello. Well, uh, if uh, people haven't heard from me before, I, I work for Arrow in the UK. Um, I'm a technical account manager over there uh, inside our DCS business. And uh, I'm trying to help people uh, address some of their technical needs and business needs. And I mean, just listening to, I think you caught most of what the guys were saying previously. Again, I mean, is that kind of a thing that from your point of view, and I, and I know your part of the industry is slightly different from, you know, you, you may not be quite working with so many end customers, um, but you'll see big visibility of, of lots of, uh, of end users of, of end users of technology. Um, is that the kind of thing that you're seeing as well, this kind of people keen to have this cloud-first strategy, but not necessarily understanding the best way to get there? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think what we're seeing from my point of view is people further down that um, cloud journey than others. You know, we've got the people like Ed's just mentioned where they've they've gone down that cloud route but haven't re-engineered and are getting huge bills. Um, uh, or you've got those people that are dipping their toe in the water and starting to move, you know, something like their, their backup and disaster recovery information out to the cloud. 
Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's, there's challenges for everybody from, from that respect. And I think a lot of people are now wanting to move to a X as a service offering or a, you know, an OPEX model uh, rather than, than huge outlays at the start of the year. And they're wanting more and more from their IT equipment or their IT service. Uh, and it's delivering that to them, which is, is kind of the challenge and then the queries that we're getting day in, day out, from, especially in my role anyway. Okay, well, well, thanks, Rory, and um, uh, we'll we'll come back to you uh, as as we go. Um, so, what I want to do now then is is maybe move on to our next uh, next contestant uh, and uh, and ask Mick. You know, so so what are the kind of things that um, you know? As you've already said, you kind of you're you're seeing some of this kind of migration to cloud, but um, alongside that, I mean, what are the other kind of major challenges that you're seeing that your customers have and and they're needing to address? Yeah, so I mean, the, the cost conversation is is constantly at the forefront. Um, then things like backup and recovery, DR, typical old stuff. The old stuff, the old things that businesses want haven't gone away. Yes, we've got some new ways of doing it and some new technology and, you know, this wonderful cloud uh, offering that many of us have built ourselves and so on. Um, but but cost is huge. We, we, I'm, I've won it right at the moment. They're 100% in AWS spending 600,000 a year just on the storage element. They can be really clever with the compute. They can turn on and off servers as they need them, but storage is on 100% of the time. So so once it's there, it's there. Delete it or pay for it. Uh, uh, and they've realized that we, we can't do that. And they're coming out of the cloud, which is, is something that nobody was, was really predicting in any meaningful way. We were all saying it, I think, but nobody really thought it was happening. Um, had a couple of conversations recently with, with uh, two public entities, uh, local authorities. Both of them were, a, were putting everything into the cloud in fact one showed me his dashboard where he had everything set up and ready to go he then uh, a couple of months later went out to tender for a fully on-premise solution so there's still 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 that absolute uncertainty so the question being what's happening in the future i think clarity is going to be required for for, for where these 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 businesses go and, and data to me is is, is the key uh, you, you say it it's the new oil it's the new gold it's the new whatever it's going to be um, that to me we, we have to get these people to think about the data and what they're doing with it and not only just storing it and keeping it because it, it's good stuff to have but how to use it and monetize it and make money for it which brings me on to what I think is going to be a big future for a lot of these businesses even very simple businesses you know a, a, a customer rang me earlier on they're, they're a toll payment uh, processing for toll rolls business and how he wants to know how he can monetize all all of the information that he has on, on people's movements around the country to tolls. I mean, it, it, the, the data is there. How, how does he make that data work from? And I think there's going to be huge, huge uh, gains to be had in in, in using that data and, and, and making it profitable for companies for stuff they just kept uh, in the past for the sake of keeping it because they thought seven years was a good reason to keep it. Now let's do something with it. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a, a couple of really interesting points there as well. I, I, well. We'll come back to the the kind of the future of of data uh, in a sec. Because I think the one thing that's really easy for us often to forget. You know, we all work in the IT industry. The people listening to this show, you know, are, are probably IT pros or certainly people involved in making kind of IT business decisions. And I think often we get very carried away with the exciting new shiny stuff and often forget about some of that you know that we still need to do the basics we still need to have some computes we still need to have some storage we need to have networking um you, you know you, you see kind of how are you seeing people address that mick you know are, are people do people get turned off when you start talking about you do need to get the basics right or do people still appreciate they need to do that they do 
and sometimes I think they, they don't see it till you actually draw it out. We, we again, this, this one customer that I've been working on for the last week or so, where they are 100% in AWS, would you believe after doing that, and anyone who sat around a NetApp presentation for the last 20 years always got down to snapshots? <laughs> we were having a conversation on pulling data out of cloud, and there I am on the whiteboard drawing up snapshots. <laughs> Because in the cloud, they didn't they, they have snapshots and clones, but they're not efficient, right? They consume space, sometimes three times the amount of space. They're slow, they're inefficient. Uh, writing to S3 buckets, moving data then back to, to the normal uh, storage instance and all that sort of stuff. And we said, well, actually, if you were to put a, a storage solution, even a virtual one in the cloud first and see those, those sort of snapshots and copies and replicas, you know, those sort of efficiencies were seen straight away. And, and while we're having a conversation about all the cool stuff in the cloud, they didn't have any knowledge of the basics around infrastructure. These guys have been in the cloud for the last six years. They don't know what switches are out there from a networking point of view. They don't know about FCOE. They didn't know about anything to do with compression, dedupe, things like that, and the storage space. It was all brand new to them. And we were going, we're talking about what we can do here in a hybrid cloud, but these guys don't know the basics of data because they've just handed it to AWS for years. It's scary, man. Like, it is it? genuinely scary sometimes. Yeah, and it's back to basics, you know? And I mean, is that the kind of um, is that the kind of thing that you see as well, Ed? You know, are you seeing that kind of um, you know people not? Pre- I think one of the things that we we often see is that people are starting to make any kind of you know deliver any kind of project, whether it's a data governance project, whether it's a, a cloud migration project. That actually they're often forgetting the importance of understanding the basics. I mean, you you know you like you said before, you work in a vendor. That vendor's doing some quite kind of new interesting stuff around uh, kind of around the area that you're working. But are you seeing that people do often forget the basics? I, I think it's less prevalent with the people we we talk to sometimes because. Um, obviously we, we came to market as kind of a, a, a yes we're cloud integrated and we could do cloud native stuff but we came to market initially as you know backing up your on-premises vSphere workloads and that was our end in the market two years ago so we're still talking to guys who are you know infrastructure managers who still run stuff on flex pods you know they understand how how the nuts and bolts work I think if you're talking to people who are They've gone cloud first five years ago, or they're you know a, a strong DevOps shop, um, and it's just developers consuming stuff from the cloud. They're, they're going to have no idea. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm defaulting to my stock answer here. Right? It always depends. But I think I think it. it come on, you you know me. Um, I think um, it is a, a valid point though. You, you're going to speak to a lot of people nowadays who have maybe only been in the industry four, five, six years. And they are running in these kind of cloud native shops and they have no idea about the underlying infrastructure. They just go, I'm going to do this from Amazon. This is how Amazon says I should do it or how is your say I should do it. It must be the right way of doing it. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's quite an interesting point about um, uh, you know there's businesses now with infrastructures. You know, we're, we've talked about this ourselves, but between ourselves in the past about whether people are often that bothered about their infrastructure you know and uh, i mean is that something you see do are people less and less interested in how the infrastructure works and if they are does it really matter so i, I think the people that matter uh, don't care about the infrastructure they care about the applications and they care about the economies of it right like what does it matter whether it's running on you, you know we we will work with solid fire and NetApp. what does it matter if it's running fc or if it's running iSCSI? what does it matter you know what does it matter if it's a hybrid or all flash as long as you're consuming what you need to be consuming, right? You know, I've banged on for years about 
forget about the underlying infrastructure just care about how you can consume it whether that be api first whether that be you know however you wish to consume it that's the important thing is that you're getting the service and delivering the value your business wants to see you know so i think the people that matter within a business don't care but you still have the guys who spend all day looking after storage or who spend all day fine-tuning vSphere or whatever right those guys still care about it I mean, what about you, Rory? Do you, do you see that yourself as well? I mean, is that is that something you're seeing? And, and maybe same, you know, same things that Ed said there. You know, do, does it even really matter if people understand the basics? No, well, you need to have a good foundation to begin with. You know, there's no point in, in you know running off to the cloud if you don't understand what you're doing, or um, you know, you haven't built your application stack to begin with. But at the end of the day, it's that result that that, that people are going to be after. Um, that's going to be what's going to drive, you know, the, the business change. So whether it's sitting on, you know, Hyper-V or, you know, or VMware, that's that's not going to really change a lot of people's perception. Um, but I think, you know, the, the fact that they, they want to do do the, do more with their cloud, they want to move over, they, you know, they're looking for some sort of transformation. They're looking at some some way of, you know, moving to a better mobile solution is, is what's driving that change at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and so I think the, um, you know, I think the idea that, um, I, I, as I was kind of talking to Ed before about, the, you know, the idea that I think whenever we start any kind of project that not understanding the basics can have can have impact, I think, you know, and although that idea that increasingly, uh, you know, maybe the decision makers, picking on what Ed said before, actually the decision makers in a business maybe aren't that bothered, there's still to make that migration work. I think there's still a, you know, an importance in, in maybe understanding that. And may, maybe pick that up with you, actually, Jason, because I know that's that's a part of, um, you know, part of the role that your company does, which is this kind of, you know, infrastructure transformation type stuff. Um, I, I mean, do you see, uh, again, do you see people maybe not, you know, getting wowed by the new shiny stuff and actually losing sight of maybe why it's, you know, why it's useful to make sure you do the basics right and and, and still deliver some of the things that we might see as a bit old school and uninteresting? Um, well, in a way, I don't think people aren't as concerned with the nuts and bolts as they, they used to be. I mean, an old analogy I've always used is if you bought a Ferrari, you wouldn't want someone to turn up with a hundred boxes on your lawn and put it together on your driveway. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. always one that's a little bit different. But, I've just told you know, the guy the average... to get off my lawn here uh, with all those carpets. Um... <laughs> yeah, so the average guy doesn't really care about the nuts and bolts, but in order to develop your strategy and your policies for a business, you need to have some basic understandings. So yeah, Ed, I've worked at the same customer um, where they have a retention for data there has to be an entire patient's life plus seven years. So they have to assume a worst-case scenario of a 100-year lifespan of a patient plus seven years. If you don't understand the ramifications of keeping data for 107 years, how are you going to put your policies together? If you've got a cloud-first policy that says you're going to keep that data for 107 years and that particular cloud vendor isn't there in 107 years, you're starting off with a big problem. So... You need to understand the basics, you need to build business policies, and you need to understand how those policies interact with where you're taking and how you're managing your data. Uh, well, I think I, I probably segues in nicely, actually, to, to Mick's other point, 
which was the idea that um, so although he's seeing you know you're seeing this uh, you know the, this, this thing around people not necessarily understanding how the basics work and how to do the basics well but you also talked around how companies are looking to make that next leap into understanding data better getting more value from the, the data asset that they've got I mean are, are you seeing where actually not understanding the basics kind of as jason was alluding to there not understanding the basics is is hampering their ability to to do more with their data to get more value from it yeah so i i have two two potential uh situations going on um with, with two different customers right now one of them generates about 40 terabytes of data a week and then dumps it at the end of the week um, it, it i can't mention who it is but it's basically capturing people's movements in their motor cars all around Europe. They dump that data and they don't do anything with it. I mean, it's an absolute sin to be dumping that amount of data and not doing anything with it. If nothing else, just to sell it, they should do something with it. Um, and, and they were saying, but we can't keep 40 terabytes. We're all in, in Azure. We, we could run all of our machines in Azure. I said, well, you don't keep it in Azure. That's quite, you're, you're dead right. You've, you've spotted that, absolutely. Um, but you know, what about object storage, stuff like that, where you can keep this vast amounts of data and keep it efficiently and cheaply and, and then, and then Turn, turn it into money. I also mentioned another one earlier that, that, that does does tolling and the toll rolls. And exactly the same thing. I can't keep that amount of data. And and then if I want to mine it, I don't have, they, they run a very low end kind of uh, storage solution with some, some VMware uh, running running some Oracle. It's not, it's not high throughput by any means. But again, they're now looking at, we don't have the infrastructure to do this. And I said, well, you have a cloud for first strategy. It now makes sense to start using that cloud compute to, to do that data analytics and 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 they're kind of they didn't get it even though it was blatantly obvious in front of them and it, and, and, it, and it just took maybe a 20 second conversation to say well no you could do it and it's really easy stop trying to keep all your data really expensive places there use the compute there that makes sense so it's around using these new shiny tools where it fits and um, I suppose that's why we all have jobs is sometimes to point out the obvious um, but it gets back to the, the, the storage basics and, and things like snapshots and dedupe and compression and stuff like that to make keeping large volumes of data for uh, as Rory said 100 years we all have a customer in, in, in medical or something like that where they've you know life of the patient plus plus seven years and, and um, you know how do you do it you can do it whether they still exist in 100 years time is, is another conversation but, but 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 the technology there is there today to start making that data work for you all right, well, that, that's great, Mick. I think that's um, yeah. I think that's actually an interesting look at the two ends of the scale. You know, getting the basics right, because actually, without the basics, how on earth are you supposed to do the you know the future type stuff that that you want to be able to do? I hope you enjoyed part one of our chat. Go to techstringy.com for show notes as well as all of our previous tech interviews episodes. Next week, we hear more from the team as they share some more top business IT challenges. So to make sure you catch the show, why not subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.